We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. Mark Reardon. You know, politicians want to force you to cover your face as a way for them to cover their own asses. Mark Reardon. Does the president not know what's going on? I don't care if you think I'm Satan reincarnated. The Mark Reardon Show is on now. So I'm trying to multitask here at the beginning of the show. I'm getting messages that are coming in. I'm trying to figure things out. That's because of lack of preparation. I got stuck in some meetings today. Ooh, that is sorry. That is unfortunate. Yeah, I don't like meetings either. And you know, when I we have these Wednesday meetings, and they they're like um, you you don't get invited because it's just some <laughs> of the behind the scenes stuff. Like Abby and Fred are in there, and uh, I always send a text to Tricia on Wednesday because like half the time they get canceled, which is what we're rooting for, right? <laughs> so I sent the text today. I said, just meeting confirmed, and like it's the best response ever when she's like, nope, canceled, Steve's too busy. And then we all say, darn it, but that did not happen today. But I, I had to go, see, this has been a little bit of a busy day because my daughter, I had a son who turned 23 yesterday. My daughter turns eight years old today. Alexa Reardon Very is eight years exciting. old. It's her golden birthday. And what they do, remember I was recounting yesterday, she got into a scuffle at school with a Cubs fan because yeah. it was a Cubs fan. I, I would say, I would argue, because it's so funny, I've sent this um, this topic out to several people like in my family who are Cubs fans, and there were some aspects of the story yesterday that I didn't reveal that were relatively concerning with her behavior, right. but overall, I think everything's fine, but I bring it up because they allow you to uh, to have lunch with you know, with your kid on on their birthday. So Which is I very cute. Yeah. So I went to the camp the first time I was in an elementary school cafeteria eating lunch in fifty years probably. <laughs> but we uh I was ordered to pick up Burger King chicken fries, not to be confused with chicken tenders. Chicken fries. Oh, we know what the chicken fries are. Onion rings and a chocolate milkshake. 
and I showed up today, and they all have their assigned tables and everything. And her friend Peyton, who is the uh, the Cubs fan, I don't know if it was taunting because the way that this all started yesterday, allegedly, is Peyton had a Cubs jersey on or a Cubs shirt, and Alexa's like, "I'm a Cardinals fan." <laughs> you know, I don't like the Cubs. I don't know where she would have gotten any of that. I, I take no, no responsibility. No but idea. today, Peyton had like, and this is a family like they have a dog named Wrigley, so they're super. They're into hardcore. It, right? She has a bow in her hair w- w- that's a Cubs bow, <laughs> Ta- taunting, taunting my daughter. But here's a true story. This is very shameful. I'm surprised I didn't get kicked out of the school. So something happened when I was there at lunch that I needed to respond to. Actually, it was related to, to Mike Kenny, who is taking our group to Spain here in about oh, a month and a half. Oh, okay. So I'll tell, you, I'll tell you the inside scoop on that off the air because okay. there, there's a story that I think you will appreciate that I won't <laughs> share on the air at least yet. But anyway, so I, you know, I, know, I think we all do this sometimes. I don't know how much you use voice text. Like when you're texting, Not do you do big... that on the Android? Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. So I was using Siri to uh-huh. text, and here I am, and there's six second graders. These are like seven- and eight-year-old kids, and I dropped an F-bomb <gasps> with Siri. Mark Reardon. I know. What were you thinking? Well, I wasn't thinking. Oh. And all, my, they all instantly, they reacted. Of course, not the first time they've heard that word. And then one of the kids on the other side, what happened? He just said the F-word. I'm like, oh, God. Okay. I'm looking around to see if the, you know. You're kicked Dr. out of the. Dr. Starnes is there. Yeah, I'm going to be banned from the cafeteria for inappropriate language around Seven and eight year olds. So that was how my day started. That's that was great. that was really cool. I'm very very proud of myself, and my behavior. But we have a little birthday celebration today. Well, I can tell you this. Uh, what you know, is it, by the way? Well, here's what I'm excited about because I um my dad turned eighty last year. You might yeah. remember this. Yeah. And they had a wonderful birthday party in the suburbs of Chicago in the complex where they live. You were uh, in Luther charge Village. of the music, as I recall. Yeah, and I don't think any of that music got played. That's what's funny about that. You know, like I put all these playlists together and then it played so quietly in the background no one got to jam out. But that's not there was a there's some ponds around where my mom and dad live. And my daughter and I've taken her fishing before, but she's never cast it like actually yeah. done the casting yeah 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 so they had a fishing rod and a casting reel there and she was we were putting worms and she was into casting like if i wanted to help her with that no 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 so then we get into the fall and i told her well, we're going to go into columbia uh before the end of the year and we're going to fish before it gets too cold well i failed on that mission oh, it just boy. the weather got cold and we just didn't get there so She's been bugging me about this for, for months, wanting to go fishing. And I've prepped my, uh, my peeps in Columbia where the farm ponds are, and they're very excited. So I went to Denny Dennis in Fenton on Sunday morning when they opened at 10 o'clock, and I, I got a rod and a reel, a pretty good one. And here's the funny thing. I'm going to act like this was on purpose. It's gold. Are like you the, kidding the me? The color is gold. For That's kind of great. So I'm going to take full credit for that. I got a little tackle box with a couple of rooster tails and things That's like that. That's really cute. So, I mean, I, I tried. I, I will say this just, and for those of you who are out there who are outdoorsmen, I'm a big outdoorsman, and fishing to me, now it's golf, which is so dumb. I wish I wish you could be fishing again. I was actually halfway good at fishing. But fishing was my life. Like, I would, I, I was somewhat competitive. I did tournaments, bass tournaments, pro-ams, things like that, just club tournaments, too. You could too. do this again, right? Sure. I could use fresh fish. Is yeah, but I, I've decided to, you know, train myself to say the F word more on the golf course, so that's what I uh, do. But I, I never, the point of that story was, the, the boys never really got into it that much. I took them fishing, I took them to deer camp a couple years, nothing that, that and I'm fine with that if that's not your thing. I didn't start fishing until I was in my, um, my 20s, so I never went when I was a kid. Right. But... I, you're always hoping for something, you know, like a little uh, fire 
Yes, you might lit. start it. I'm telling you, my grandfather bought me one when I was about her age. And that is one of the three or four gifts I remember eight million years later. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And mostly the the thing I caught was uh, my, the back of my brother's neck when I went back like that and <laughs> well, hit yeah, the you fish. Be careful. But that's yeah. a whole other thing. But. I loved it. Yeah. There, so we, years ago, we had a listener, um, Mark, who I've lost contact with. If you're listening, Mark, I haven't heard from you in a while. But when you do a job like this, so I don't know how often this happens to you, but someone will, will send you a, a text or an email, usually it's an email, and say, hey, uh, you don't know me, but would you like to yeah, go fishing? Nice. So uh, one time on KMOX, I talked to... Um, I can't remember who the former cardinal was. I was talking bass fishing because I love bass fishing. I love every kind of fishing. But uh, I ended up getting invited to like a secret lake that was down on 44. That was... is awesome. So the, but the guy, it's funny because I said, yeah, I'd love to go. I took the invite. I've done Good. this a few Good times. For you. I've actually developed some friendships um, out of this. In Milwaukee, there was a guy that I got to know who was a muskie guide. And we were, we were best buddies and we fished all the time. Anyway, Mark invites me out. Well, he's never fished with me before, right? He's only heard me on the radio, so he doesn't know if I have any skills whatsoever. Right. He just, he just that knows be... that I've said something about fishing. Can the guy catch? So we get into the boat that morning. I'll never forget this. And he hands me um, safety goggles, and he puts safety goggles on, right? Because he doesn't, you know, he doesn't know what I'm going to do. And you do want to be careful oh, out there because you can the, get a hook. Oh, I got you. Well, and then I cast a few times, and he took them off. He goes, oh, he admitted, he goes, okay, you know what you're doing. He didn't know. <laughs> I, well, you know, good for him for being but, prepared. Well, you don't want to get a hook in the eye. I, I will say that that's not something that is um, pleasant advice. But I man, even thought of it. When, when I was man, when I was younger, like single and younger too, I would get off the radio and I'd go to my farm ponds and and just have the best time and catch you know catfish and bass and. This then when I so went up exciting. to Milwaukee, got uh, into the muskie and the smallmouth. So we'll see if Alexa Reardon takes to this. I'm hoping that she I will. I hope she does. I hope she does. We'll keep you posted. And my, my buddy Kevin Yeager, who's actually sending me videos of a hog hunt that he's on right now, like Uncle Ted does that, where you go in the helicopter. Uh-huh. Sue's not having the biggest will, smile uh, on her face on go that. Go for the fishing. Hey, the wild hogs are an issue. They tear up the crops and stuff like that, so it's just a part of comp- conservation but kevin is um is one of my hunting gurus and i've mentioned he and his brother carlin before he's got lots of great you know stocked ponds and things like that which were uh, back in the day we we had some fun and he'd call me like i'd get off the air at nine or i think i got off the air at 11 and every once in a while i get a call hey can you get out I'm like, yeah, I think so. And then, boom, to the farm pond. So that was awesome. All right, we got a lot of stuff uh, today on the show outside of fishing, believe it or not. However, let me kind of segue here. Fish Fry Fridays. We've got them all nailed down right now. So we're going to be in Eureka this weekend from, well, this Friday, from Most Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Eureka. Sean Flower, the mayor down there, is going to join us on the roundtable. Then next Friday at CPOP, Christ Prince of Peace in Manchester, the Knights of Columbus on the 24th of March in Cottleville, the VFW Hall in O'Fallon on April 7th. We're going to take a break on the 31st because I'm going to be uh, out of town on that date. So Fish Fry Fridays continue. We'll have the roundtable and a lot of other stuff coming up on this Friday as we take you into the weekend. Today on the show, John Ziegler is going to join me here in just a couple of minutes. I don't even know if I can go on much longer because we got to give John some time. I was, you know what? I was going to launch into another topic and I have a pretty good one here, but then I looked at the clock and I'm like, maybe well, it's, not. It's Zig coming. Oh, he's he's got some stuff that we're going to definitely want to talk about too. He's the host of the uh, podcast, The Death of Journalism, former Mediate senior columnist, and we'll talk about the reparations out there. Um, Gavin Newsom says he's done with Walgreens, and John's got some always some very interesting takes. Did you watch the Chris Rock special yet? No, I haven't. Okay. There, there's a notion out there on the Chris Rock special that he's very anti-woke. 
you know, maybe maybe joining Bill Maher in some Lululemon stuff because that was funny. Yeah, I don't know what it's from, but what I'm going to tell you is that Zig's going to push back on that. I haven't watched it yet. I meant to watch it last night, but got distracted. But he he thinks um, otherwise, and we'll we'll get into that. One of the things that happened yesterday was this ruling by a U.S. district judge on the SEPAL law here, the Second Amendment Protection Act, which was ruled unconstitutional. Brad Young, our legal analyst, and you hear him filling in, is going to join us on that topic. It's a, th- a Wednesday, almost a Thursday again. So we have uh, Alex Rich and Hayes coming by here. Oh, I have a musical quiz for you too. Uh-oh. And and for the audience. It's not it's not a real big one. It's just something happened last night. You know, I was watching The Voice again and we talked about Neil Sosick. I just heard from him and we're hoping to get him on the air. He's our St. Louis guy that opened The Voice on Monday night. He was the first act on and he was picked by Blake yeah. Shelley at a four-chair turn. But I was watching last night and there was a young girl named um, Kayla, I think her name was, or Kala. It was C-A-L-A. I might be saying her name Kala. She was great, but the song she did was very unique, and it was a 70s song. And Ooh, I'll test this out because I, like I thought it was song. a different song at first, and I'm like, oh, it's that song. But wait a second. I remember it a little differently, and then I'll, I'll explain okay. all this in a in quiz format. But I think you, of all of us, maybe Fred gets this too, but Fred I'll be very might. curious to see if the younger members of the panel will, um, will be able to identify that. Daniel Flynn is going to be with us this afternoon. He's an editor at The American Spectator and wrote about some of the, um, well, this theme with Hollywood lefties kind of having second thoughts on wokeness. He'll be here at 5.07. And then Waiwa Chin, who is the president of the Chinese American Citizens Alliance of Greater New York, writes at the Manhattan Institute, wrote a piece about how um, some of this stuff with history curriculum is manifesting itself in Virginia and elsewhere. And I'll have a lot more on that. Look, we had COVID hearings today, which were fascinating on the COVID origins. I know Phil Holloway reached out. He texted me this afternoon. He's all over that. And he's going to join us uh, tomorrow afternoon. Here is um, Robert Redfield talking before this committee today. This was an a priori decision that there's one point of view that we're going to put out there, and anyone who doesn't agree with it is going to be sidelined. And as I say, I was only the CDC director, right. and I was sidelined. Yeah, so basically he's saying, look, he's, he's the CDC director, the former CDC director. He's sidelined on some of the things that he wanted to say were there are alternative versions of maybe what happened. So Jim Jordan on the panel. Dr. Reptil, you, were, you're, uh, you, you ran the CDC, and you were on the coronavirus task force. Is that right? Correct. That was formed on January 29th. 2020, is that right? Correct. Two days later, Dr. Fauci gets an email from Dr. Anderson which says what? Virus looks engineered, virus not consistent with evolutionary theory. Is that accurate? That's my understanding. From Next day, I know. He, did he share that email with you, by the way, Dr. Redfield? No. As a member of the task force, as a head of CDC, did he share that email with you? No. Okay. Next day, February 1st, Dr. Gary sends Dr. Fauci another email. That email says, I don't know how this happens in nature, but it would be easy to do in a lab. Did you share that email with you, Dr. Redfield? You didn't see either one of those emails, even though you're head of CDC, even though you're on the coronavirus task force that had been formed just two days, three days earlier. No. Three days later, Dr. Anderson and Dr. Gary, who told us it came from a lab and emails to Dr. Fauci that Dr. Fauci wouldn't let Dr. Redfield see, three days later, they changed their position 180 degrees. The question is why. You know, it was an amazing hearing, and that's just a part of it. We'll talk about it a little bit more today, and then uh, Phil Holloway will join us tomorrow. We got John Ziegler coming up next, the host of the podcast, The Death of Journalism, from out on the left coast. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Sue's always very observant. You know, it's one of the things that she might be known for. And when she heard that John Ziegler was coming up, what would what'd you say? So, he's on early. Yeah, he's usually like a 5 p.m. Central guest. But I thought we'd mix it up a little bit with Zig. Because people don't, early in the show, John, people don't get to hear your brilliance. So I wanted to expose you to more masses here in St. Louis. How are you this afternoon? He's the co-host of the podcast, The Death of Journalism, and a good friend from a long time ago. How are you, John? I'm okay. Always good talking to you. Well, I don't even know where to start, but let me start with this because I was actually listening to your podcast because there's nothing that I love to do more as a terrestrial radio go than to promote other people's <laughs> material on podcasts. That's my favorite thing to do. But this was interesting to me, and you talked about it yesterday. Um, Bill Maher asking a question to Bernie Sanders. Are we confusing equality of opportunity with trying to guarantee equity in outcomes? Okay, that's interesting because I think this word equity has come into the language in the last few years, and before that we didn't hear it a lot. And I think a lot of people hear equity and they hear equality, that like, it's the same word. And it's not the same word in the same c- concept. So how would you differentiate between equity and equality? Well, equality, we talk about, uh, eh. I don't know what the answer to that yeah, is. You know. <laughs> Come to think of it, you know, uh, equality is equality of opportunity. All right? We live in a society, we want all people Right. To have whatever color your skin is. Equity, I think, is more guarantee of outcome, is it not? I yeah, think... I think so. I think that's Okay. Right. So which, do you come, which side do you come down on? Uh, equality. Equality. Uh, yeah. I okay. think, John, Mr. Marr was being very gentle with Bernie, wasn't he there? Absolutely. Uh, in my opinion, Mark, that clip belongs in a museum. I mean, you could, I could literally write a book about how significant that clip is in so many ways. First of all, how insane is it that it's Bill Maher 
who's getting to the bottom of this incredibly important issue. I mean, I, I, he's, a, he's a lifelong liberal on HBO. How amazing is it that Bernie Sanders, who almost became the Democratic nominee for president and maybe would have been president in 2020, given the circumstances, doesn't understand the difference and when challenged – actually comes down, even though he's a socialist, on the correct side, yeah, right. the side that I don't even think he understands is converse to the majority of his party. Or I, I mean, it, it, to me, Mark, this is the most underrated issue facing America today. Are we about equality of opportunity or equity of outcome? If we are equality of opportunity, we're still America. If we are about equity of outcome, which much of the left is acting like that's what they want to be, then we're done. Stick a fork in us. This is the biggest issue facing us as to who we are as a country. Yeah, I don't disagree and, with you, and that's that was amazing. When I heard that, I'm like, you got to be kidding me that he— so is he not going to make the case for that? Because it seems like he's made the case for that with his younger followers, right? For equity, well, not what, what, equality. What, what, wait, I t- here's what I took away as the political implications of that, Mark. If even Bernie Sanders can be so easily convinced that equality of opportunity trumps equity of outcome— then why is this not everything the Republican Party is talking about? Because even if you, if, I mean, think about how much that must resonate with the vast majority of the public. If even Bernie Sanders, an avowed socialist, gets it, and to me, this should be at the top of the list of things that conservatives are talking about. But unfortunately, I think very few people understand the significance of it. I've, I've been, as a, you know, as a student of the media, I have noticed it dramatically, especially since George Floyd and COVID, that equality has been turned into equity and, and, and in the language. And those are two incredibly different things. Yeah, well, it, it happens. Certainly, it happens in academia. It's happening in even now in elementary schools. It's happening with the SAT test. I mean, everything is being watered down in the name. We can't have any kind of awards for exceptional performance in school. It's all being watered down in the name of equity, right? That's not equality. That's equity. But that is what's being argued across the country. I, you know, I take a stand against it. You have a pretty good movement against these DEI statements that people have to fill out when they're applying for public universities. There's been a little pushback on that. That's been successful. But I agree with you. This should be a bigger issue right now. Well, and it goes just beyond academia. It's in every element of society. I mean, look at how the media has reacted. It's just in television commercials over the last couple of years. If you if you looked only at TV commercials and had no idea what America was about, from a demographic standpoint, you would think that we were about 50% black. We would be about 25% gay or transvestite. I mean, we would have about... 13% of the population be white, straight, straight white males at most. And, I mean, and this this has an impact on every element of the culture. Wait, I'm confused people- because are you saying that, that 80 to 90% of the real couples out there who are either married or together are not biracial? Because every movie, <laughs> every movie that I see has biracial com- couples. I thought that that was everybody. I feel right. left well- out. That, but this is the kind of impact that this has now. I mean, I guarantee you that young people, if they were asked, kind of like with COVID, Bill Maher likes to do this all the time, how Democrats thought that COVID was way more dangerous than it really was, like ridiculously more dangerous than it really was as far as percentage of people who would go to the hospital. I guarantee if you ask people under the age of, say, 25 or 30, what the percentage of the population happens to be of any particular demographic, they would get it completely wrong because their perceptions are all off. Off 
because of what they're being fed in the media, which is obsessed with not just equity. See, that's what the worst part about equity is. You know what equity means in the in the media's mind? That means that 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 everybody gets more than what their fair share is, except for straight white males. Well, they, they get less. That's, that's true. basically what that means. Yeah, we have to be all right with that, though. You can't you can't take a stand against that. You kind of walked me into the next topic, and I only because my I, I know you have a young daughter. My daughter turned eight today, so I had to go to school and have lunch with her. I didn't watch all the COVID hearings. Interesting material coming out of that. But let's talk about because I've seen some of the tweets. I've had some other people share some of the questions about the death numbers from the past couple of years. There were so many things, John, that every day I feel like I'm finding myself more pissed off about some of the things that we were fed during the pandemic. And to your credit, you were skeptical for. Uh, a long way back, but some of this stuff is still emerging, and I don't know how many people are really hearing about it or having it resonate. Well, there's so much of it, and yet, of course, the, the mainstream news media ignores it. I mean, almost every week, sometimes multiple times a week, we learn things that were contrary to what we were told at the beginning. I mean, one of the more recent ones is that, guess what? Natural immunity is at least as good and not better than the vaccines. Uh, you and I have known for a long time masks don't work, but we've got the definitive study on masks. The, the, the lab leak theory is just today gotten huge amounts of, of evidence to back it up, which was considered a conspiracy theory at the time. I mean, there's all sorts of things that that uh, it, the, the scorecard is terrible for Dr. Fauci and the rest. I, frankly, to me, one of the elements that has never been fully examined in the liberal sports media is why this is the case. But how has there never been any examination as to whether or not shutting down sports for a year did any good whatsoever? I guarantee you it did nothing. Similarly, schools, That what about the damage from schools being shut down? It's catastrophic. Uh, as I'm sure you know from your daughter and my daughter, my daughter got caught in a terrible situation where she had a learning disability that was not found as quickly as it would have been if there was no COVID shutdown. And she's now way behind in school. And I'm sure she's one of many, many, many kids in the it's same terrible. kind of situ- situation, right. not to mention that she was masked ridiculously for over a year during this time period. And so um, there's the list goes, in fact, it's almost like, uh, you know, it reminds me of the O.J. Simpson case. There's almost too much evidence. <laughs> and so it gets lost, especially when the news media has no, no incentive to examine any of this because they're complicit. They were they were not just the enablers of the so-called experts. They vouched for them. They shut down the opposition. They they were the, they were the, the the muscle for Dr. Fauci in making sure that nobody was able to speak out and say, wait a minute, none of this makes any damn sense. What about the repercussions of what we're doing? And our side was right in almost everything, and they were wrong. And there's no accountability. Uh, I don't think there's ever going to be any real accountability. Uh, and and, and the, the lab leak theory, which I've never been really that exercised about, because I was more interested in the reaction to it than, than how it happened. But I do think it goes to credibility. I mean, Dr. Fauci looks like right now he lied blatantly about what he knew, what his role was, what, what, what about uh, American funding of the gain of function? Uh, I mean, what, he, what should have been the narrative 
back in 2020, and he purposely tried to cover that up, it looks yeah, like. It looks like he lied because he did lie. I think that's what we're finding. All right, i got to cover a couple more topics with you, which is difficult to do in a short time. Uh, CPAC. Your thoughts on that? I mean, it's it's you and I share similar thoughts on the former president. Um, DeSantis still lingering out there. The polling shows Trump's got all the support. He seemingly has had a couple of good months. What's your thoughts right now on 2024? Well, as someone who used to be a speaker at CPAC and, and realized early on they were a fraud and, and a scam and, and, a, and the grifting Super Bowl, I felt vindicated that only 2,000 people bought tickets this year and the crowds were pathetic. Uh, I was frankly surprised that Trump only won the straw poll there with 62 percent of the vote when they were all Trump supporters. DeSantis got 20 percent. Um, DeSantis is not yet an official candidate, which makes a big difference. However, as a DeSantis supporter, I am still rather pessimistic as to how this is all going to turn out. The idea that DeSantis can somehow navigate this minefield and win the nomination and still keep the Trump supporters with him in a general election with the news media 100 percent against him seems like a really long shot uh, to me. And uh, gun to my head, uh, although I, I do believe that DeSantis would beat Trump one-on-one, assuming that he doesn't get a one-on-one shot, I think that Trump is the is the favorite, maybe the heavy favorite, to win the nomination yeah. right now. It's hard to and not look at it that way, yeah. I mean, um, but however, I could make a pretty strong argument to this day, if you gave me the time, that DeSantis could win this. Even though the national polls look terrible for, for him right now, there are several state polls they look very good for him there's one virginia where he's leading trump there's one in california where he's leading trump by fairly significant margins that he hasn't even announced yet so there's a weird disparity between the national polls and the state polls so i guess what i would say is let's hold on for a second here we're in march 2023 and let's let's wait until at least if a month after he's announced we're still in the same polling position then I'll be very concerned. Hey, what's up with the, one other topic? This is a local topic out there, and I've noticed this in the L.A. Times, and you you and I talk about these um, race issues quite a bit that, that pop up at schools, these ridiculous allegations. A lot of times it's the hoax. The BYU-Duke volleyball game stands out. The Taft football coach and the situation out there, is there something to that that's interesting? Well, what I found about interesting about that was that he resigned in, in support of another teacher that got – what he believes and other people there believe got railroaded in one of these bogus race allegations where there was a misunderstanding and a, and a I believe it was a vice principal uh, was, in, was in the process of losing their job over this. And and somehow, you know, it becomes this massive controversy. And what I I tweeted about, and I think you saw it, was this is the only way this kind of thing stops is when people of prominence are willing to stand up. Take 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 a stand on principle. Give up their jobs potentially, as this guy was willing to do, to be able to to say this is not right. And 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 unless and until people are willing and able to take some personal risk, I don't see how it ever gets reversed, especially in our inner cities, where the inmates are really running the asylum. And I'm not mean that you know, people might take that racially. It has nothing to do with race. It has to do with the kids being in charge and having more power than the teachers. Do. Well, and this this situation is perfect because here you have what happened, I guess, is in October you had 
these high school athletes, track and field, they're playing loud music. It's got a bunch of um, profanity and the N-word. So they're asked to turn it down because of that. And the person, um, I guess, that was not the football coach, but this is the other person that was involved in that, right? Jeff Kiernan is the football coach, but it was somebody else at the school said, hey, turn that down. And they used the N-word because they said, well, what's wrong with it? So he uses a word, or I think it might have been a she, and that's that's triggering. Hearing the word in the music, John, that's not triggering. But if somebody repeats the exact word in the music to point out that the word's not appropriate, then you're triggered. That's what happened here. Well, I actually think there's a bigger issue than what you just detailed, which is important. The bigger issue is that kids are able to figure out very quickly that they can have a weapon when it comes to their oh, race. Yeah. They know it's a weapon. They have been able to figure it out incredibly easily because the culture has made it clear as day that under the right circumstances, they can weaponize their race. And that inherently, the, the person that used to have all the power, the teacher or the, or the administrator, is going to be powerless to do anything against them if they are able to cloak themselves in a racial issue. And that's because of the nature of academia. And that is, and once the kids, once the students know that, it's over. Yeah, it's and over. they do. And they do know that. You see example after example of that, which just is mind-boggling to me. John Ziegler, he hosts the podcast The Death of Journalism. He's always fired up. I appreciate it, John. Have a great week. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Mark. All right, Bye-bye. take care. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. News coming up after the top of the hour. I have a music quiz, too. This is Wednesday, so that means Hayes and Alex Rich come by from Y98. And I have a couple of questions for the team. Ooh, Sue, all right. I'm in. in. The next hour. One, one of the questions is just um, a little musical uh, memory that I had based on somebody that did a performance on The Voice last night. So we'll see and we'll test that out here in a little bit. Yesterday, as the show was, um, I guess I noticed this in the middle of the show, a judge, a uh, district judge, a U.S. federal judge, issued a ruling involving something called SEPA, which is the Second Amendment Protection Act, which has been deemed a little controversial. And there were a lot of opponents to this when it passed saying, look, you're not allowing law enforcement and prosecutors to do their job. So it goes to the courts. It gets turned down. There's going to be an appeal. Andrew Bailey, the um, the attorney general, says he's going to appeal this. But Brad Young, our legal analyst, is with us this afternoon from Harris, Dow, Fisher and Young. You hear him here on 97.1 FM Talk filling in. Brad, how are you this afternoon? Mark, doing great, sir. Thanks. So I, I, you know, I said this yesterday candidly that this is always something, and you got to be careful here. Look, I'm I'm a gun owner. I hunt. I like to target shoot. I've done my fair share of sporting clays back in the day, so I appreciate the Second Amendment, right? But on this one in particular, I do think it's been misrepresented by people on the left and maybe in the media. But it does seem to be something that's not as flexible as maybe it should be. And prosecutors, Brad, even conservative prosecutors have thrown up red flags. On this. So I guess let's start with what the law says and then what happened yesterday. Well, and I have to agree with you before we dive into this analysis. I'm a gun owner. I've been a gun owner since I'm like five. I started going hunting with my dad when I was five. So uh, I'm a very strong, passionate supporter of the Second Amendment. The, but the problem with the Second Amendment Protection Act 
is that it simply violates the U.S. Constitution. And I've said that before it was passed. I said it when it's passed. And, and it, there are a lot of issues here. But it, ostensibly, it does this. First of all, it specifies uh, that officials in Missouri, law enforcement, they are not required to assist federal authorities when it comes to enforcing gun laws that conflict with Missouri law. That point is actually, in my opinion, constitutional. And I believe that uh, when, when it goes up on appeal, that part will 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 be sustained. Okay. All right. The, the part that won't be sustained is, is that it attempts to state that that not only do law enforcement officials in Missouri not have to enforce the federal law, but that that federal law is null and void in Missouri to the extent it disagrees with Missouri law. And that's the part that's blatantly unconstitutional in, in the in the supremacy clause in the U.S. Constitution. It specifically states that the Constitution and federal law take preeminence over state law in areas where the federal government has jurisdiction and authority. And clearly they do have that. Congress has given that to the federal government. So Missouri isn't forced to uh, enforce federal law, but they cannot say, Missouri officials cannot state that federal law is inapplicable in Missouri. So is it within the courts, and, and I don't know how this works, but can a judge basically strike down just one aspect of it and let the rest of it stand, or would there have to be new legislation? Well, judges can certainly strike down portions of an act. It happens all the time. In this case, uh, Judge Brian Wimes in Kansas City decided to strike the entire act. And I think that was incorrect. And I think when this goes up uh, to the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals, potentially the Supreme Court, but I don't really see it going that far. But when it goes to the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals, the Eighth Circuit's going to say that, that yes, the Supremacy Clause rules here. That part of the law is invalid. However, Missouri officials cannot be forced to enforce federal gun laws. Uh, for and, and here's the greatest example of that, Mark. Remember when California and Oregon and Washington stated, we're not going to enforce federal immigration laws. That's been challenged in the courts. The courts have upheld that. So state officials aren't required to enforce federal law. But the federal officials can still enforce federal law within those states. Yeah, th maybe the marijuana issue is another example of that, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, before right before we had this wave of states uh, basically stating that marijuana is legal, a lot of states said we're not going to enforce federal marijuana laws within our state, right. and we're not forced to do that. That's completely legal, and I see that as a as a template here, Mark, for what will happen at the Court of Appeals. I, I just don't see a lot of arguments in, in Andrew Bailey's favor on this one, which, uh, you know, I've had some questions about this all along, um, so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, if, if the appeals court rules in the same way, does it get run up the flagpole all the way to the Supreme Court? I mean, I know that that's typically the path, but don't you have to see the writing on the wall? Yes. And, and, and the Supreme Court, as you well know, has to choose to accept cases. And they really only accept cases that are, number one, are of an enormous public policy importance, or number two, there's a conflict in the states. And this is neither. I mean, there's really no conflict in the United States about the Supremacy Clause. And I don't see this going to the Supreme Court. But the Court of Appeals, I believe, will reverse in part uh, Judge Wimes's uh, striking down of the entire act, but substantially and probably most of it will continue to be stricken. Yeah, that, that would maybe, as the non-legal analyst, 
person in this conversation. I think that <laughs> I think that my gut check tells me that you know we don't have a lot of time to talk about this, but uh, I'd love your thoughts just quickly on one aspect of the Supreme Court you know, arguments last week on the student loan situation. Does Missouri with Mohila have standing? Because that's one of the issues here with this case. Do you have standing? And and that's a great question that requires a long explanation, but I can make it very short. And that is this. Mohila does have standing. There's no question Mohila has standing. The only question is whether the state of Missouri has standing uh, by saying that Mohila is part of Missouri. And I believe that either the Supreme Court will, number one, they'll will strike down uh, Biden's student loan forgiveness program, or number two, they will send it back down to the lower courts to make a finding as to whether or not Mohila has to bring this individually or whether they can do it as part of the state of Missouri. Yeah, just to give the definitions out there. So Mohila stands for the Missouri Higher Education Loan Authority, which is one of the largest holders and servicers of student loans in the whole country. Brad Young, always great to have your analysis here, especially when I agree with you. I always like that a little bit better, which is most of the time. But you have a great night and we'll talk soon. Thanks, Mark. See you, Brad. We're uh, still coming up with our second hour. Sue's News, Hayes and Alex Rich from Y98. A bunch more still to come this afternoon. Plus, at the end of the show, an audio cut of the day on 97.1 FM Talk. Get more at 971talk.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 